Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. Some of us have gotten in the habit of safeguarding ourselves. We've gotten comfortable in our own limitations and staying within ourselves. But if you want a miracle from God, and if you want to see miracles from God, you need to get ready to have your limitations surpassed and expanded by the grace of God. He called them out onto the water, not in, on. You see, Jesus is the God of on the water, not in the water. He doesn't want to put you back in the same situation you came from. He doesn't want to put you into trouble and into harm's way. He wants to pull you out of it and bless you and give you a testimony to speak and teach on from there on out. God had no plan for, for Peter to be harmed. It wasn't until Peter took it into his own hands that he fell. Excited. We are thankful for the freedom we have in this country to gather, to worship together. Amen. And even above that, I'm thankful for the freedom I have in Jesus Christ to worship, to live. Amen. And to be blessed by Him. I'm going to ask you if you would today to grab your Bibles. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. And I'll be starting in verse 24. And Brother Rice had asked me yesterday uh, as we parted ways uh, to make sure to tell everyone hello, that they love you, send their, their blessings to you uh, as they are traveling. Let's remember them in prayer as they do so. Amen. Matthew 14, 24 through 32. It says, But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was uh, boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Would set your Bibles down next to you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer one last time as we get into the word today. Jesus, we love you. Lord, we thank you for the presence that we feel in this place. Lord, I pray that you touch the hearts and the minds of every person in this room right now, Jesus, that we would be sensitive to you. Lord, that your word would be given, received with love. Jesus, we want to see a move of your presence in this place before we leave today. Lord, make us sensitive to it. Let us be a vessel, an avenue for you to work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Amen. For just the next few minutes, I'd like to speak to you under the title, Come. Come. Very simple, very direct order from Jesus Christ. Come. So as I I read this uh, text earlier this week and I began to prepare, I I thought of all the stories uh, that I have had involving boats. And some of those I began to tell this morning in our 9 o'clock. Uh, service. Probably my favorite boat memory. Uh, me and Morgan were, were dating, and uh, I had a John boat, 
and we had a lake lot on a small lake uh, a little farther north. And uh, we went out, we were, we were camping, and we decided one day that she was going to go on the boat. No problem. The boat stays outside. It's, you know, just a John boat. So flip the boat over, put the motor on. It's just, you know, trolling motor. We get, get moving a little bit. She's sitting in the back seat, just kind of, you know, minding her own business. And out of nowhere came this monster, mean, ugly spider. It was going to get her for sure. Um, if you don't know my wife, she is deathly afraid of spiders. Um, she has called me on the phone from upstairs or downstairs for me to come kill a spider from time to time. Um, it is that kind of fear that she can't even kill something that she's afraid of because she's that afraid of it. Um, so this fear of spiders is very, very real, and it made for a very exciting boat ride. I can promise you that. Uh, it lasted all of about a minute and a half. Got the boat launched and not even out of the cove where I launched from, and we are on our way back to shore. Um, so that concluded our, our tour of that lake that day. Uh, but, you know, growing up uh, fishing a lot and with boats and stuff like that, there's so many stories uh, that I could tell. Um, I remember one time I was in the same boat at the same lake by myself and forgot to put the plug in the back. If you have a John boat, you know there's a plug that goes in the back that keeps the water from coming in. Don't forget that. I did. I forgot it. Uh, luckily, I realized that just about the time the back end of the boat was completely in the water. Uh, so I still had a hold of the rope and could kind of pull it out and let it drain back out and everything. But uh, don't do that. Don't forget the plug. Very important. Water goes on the outside, not on the inside. Important to remember with boats. Uh, I told the story this morning. Probably the first boat I ever remember being on was a, a giant barge or a ferry up on Lake Michigan. I was probably eight or nine years old. And um, we had gone up there for vacation, and there's a little island that you could take this, this ferry to, and you could, you know, visit the town and just see stuff. I mean, I was eight. What did I care? I was on a big boat, right? So we took off for this island, and I noticed as we took off, you know, I'm sitting up there on the top deck just looking out over the lake, and it was a very just gloomy, dreary, rainy Lake Michigan kind of day, you know. And we were out there, and I look out. And you can just see the waves hitting the front of the boat, just slapping the front end of, of this giant ferry. And I remember seeing the water spray up and seeing that water hit, you know, the cars down below in like the storage bay. And at eight years old, you see any water in the boat and it's a bad deal, right? You're, you're on your way down already and you don't even know it. And so I remember being there watching that spray hit. And of course, it's just draining out the side. But I thought we were going down because there was water in the boat, right? We know water does not go in boats. It goes under them, right? Everybody agree? Any boaters out there? Anybody have water in the boat? It's, it happens, all right? Uh, more than we like to admit, I've been in rainstorms where I'd done everything right, and there was still a bunch of water in the boat from the amount of rain we had, we had gotten. Um, and every time that water comes in the boat, regardless of your level of experience with boats, everyone has at least that slight mo moment of caution, correct? Everyone recognizes that's not supposed to be here. That's supposed to be on the outside of, of the vessel that I'm riding. And we all know uh, that water goes on the outside of the boat. And when we let water on the inside, it becomes dangerous. 
it's troublesome, right? We do everything we can to, to get water out of the boat. It's dangerous to uh, the people in it or the crew that's in it and the vessel itself when water comes on the inside. So here we are. We're in uh, Matthew 14, and right before the disciples get on this boat in the middle of this storm, uh, Jesus has just fed and left the multitudes. Uh, he's taken the, the fish and the loaves from the young man and fed thousands, and they are in awe of him. Uh, and they follow him. He finally gets away from the multitudes, puts his disciples on this boat, and he goes to pray. And in the middle of the night, here they are. Uh, you know, the storm has arose and is throwing this boat around. And obviously the disciples, like most of us would be in a storm, are afraid um, of what is going on around them. The atmosphere or the environment they are in is less than ideal. And uh, so today, this is where we sort of find ourselves. We look around us, and it's a big storm, right? Everything seems to be going uh, in a negative direction. We've got a pandemic that we have not seen anything like in 100 years. We've got uh, you know, racial tensions across the country causing riots. We've got all these different things going on. Uh, I don't remember, of course, I'm, you know, a youngin to most of you, but I don't ever remember a time more political than it is right now or more, more polarized politically than it is, uh, right now. You are, it definitely seems like for the most part, everyone is one way or, or the other. And so we see all of these things going on around us. And as a Christian, it's worrisome, right? We worry about the state of the world that we are living in, while at the same time looking forward, knowing to what God is going to do in the near future because of what we see. But we see this storm going on around us, and we are just sitting in a boat, kind of hoping and praying that we make it through the storm, right? As Christians, we try not to take too hard of a stance in any one direction. We just want to kind of ride it out, get to the end, and focus on Jesus, right? That's, that's kind of the way we, we choose to live. But today, spiritually, we are in this boat, and we are not too different from these disciples at all. We've seen the work of God, right? They've just left Jesus feeding thousands of people with the lunch of a schoolboy, all right? We've seen miracles. Many of you have experienced miracles in your life, um, not because I'm special, but because God saved me. I'm a, the fact that I am here today is a miracle. We've all been blessed. We've all been healed or blessed financially or whatever the case may be. So we have seen the goodness of God just like these disciples have. Uh, Jesus has watched us sit in, in a boat, so to speak, and kind of drift out into the middle of the storm. He's watched us go from perfectly safe to trying our best and still unsafe, right? We've done everything right. The boat's prepared, and yet we still find a little bit of water in the boat because this storm is, is raging. Uh, we are safe for the time being. We are holding, but the trouble all around us is challenging us in every single way. We're doing everything we can just to stay afloat and stay safe. At times, it feels like even in this boat, uh, even in this church, we sometimes have to kind of bail some water out to make sure that we stay floating. But today, it's, it's important uh, that if we are on this boat, if Landmark is, is a vessel we need to make certain that we do not allow the troubles of this world or the storm around us to take control of what's going on on the inside of the vessel. 
You see, this is the body of Christ, and this is uh, the, the house of God. And we have to bail water all night sometimes to make sure that it stays healthy and it stays clean and it stays moving in the right direction. And sometimes we're going to have to patch holes to make sure it, it is functional and it does everything that it's supposed to do. But if that's what we must do to keep this vessel moving, that's exactly what we must do. You see, this church, by name, Landmark, is a beacon of hope and love for the people of this community. And when we lose sight of that and we fall victim to the storm around us with all that is going on with sickness and tension and, and hatred and all these different things, we have lost our identity as Landmark. And so we must do whatever we must do to protect who and what we are. When we give into the storm, people perish. Whenever you allow too much water in a boat, it goes down, doesn't it? Whenever we allow too much negativity in this place, when we remove God and insert human into the house of God too often, this boat will sink. And so we need to be mindful and make sure uh, that, that we are doing everything we can to be healthy here. So to put it bluntly today, this is a place of love. This is the house of God. Everyone should feel welcome here regardless of what nationality, color, race, age, height, weight. I don't care. Eye color, you name it. They should be welcome here. And because of that in the house of God, there's no place for things like division and isolation or hatred, racism, doubt, fear, any of these things that we see on a daily basis in the storm around us. They don't belong here. And when you allow them in here, we have lost our flavor. We have lost who we are and what God has designed us to be. When we let the storms of sin fill this vessel, people are going to drown. It's time we start having church like lives were at stake. It's time we start living our lives like our lives were at stake. Because with a storm like this going on around us, with the world we live in today, if we do not live every day for Jesus Christ, we will perish. Amen. I want to be a church on fire for God, living for Him. Amen. Keep the storm on the outside and serve the Lord wholeheartedly on the inside. Do you believe today that God, uh, the God that we serve, Jesus Christ, is greater than the storms in your life? Do you believe that today? I mean, it's not something we say, it's something that we believe. It's something that we know in our hearts, that Jesus is greater than everything we are going, that is going on around us, everything we are going through. It's in his hands. If we go back to verse uh, 25 and 27, or through 27, rather, it says, Now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them work, or walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. So Jesus arrives in this storm walking on water. Nothing like making an entrance, right? If anything, anyone walks towards me on water, I am out. You'll find me on the nearest lake shore, I promise. But here comes Jesus. And we look at Jesus walking on the water, and we view that as the miracle a lot of times right? Well, Jesus walked on water. That's incredible. It is. It's absolutely incredible. But that's not where this story starts or ends. Here he is. He's walking on the water. The disciples are uh, afraid. The Bible says it says that they cried out with fear. Now, I've been 
fearful in my life. I've had things that I've been afraid of. Um, to my best memory, I do not ever remember crying out in fear. Has anyone ever been so afraid that you literally screamed? You cried out? I'm not talking about like roller coaster scream. I'm talking like you literally thought the boogeyman was about to get you. That kind of scream. That's exactly where the, the disciples are. And I can imagine uh, Jesus in that moment watching these disciples probably scurry around this boat, terrified, walking up and being like, guys, it's going to be okay. You know, calm down. It's all all right. I, I told them this morning, it, it was probably one of those moments like where your kid is in the pool and they're, you know, treading water and they're freaking out and you're like, stand up. You're fine. That's probably what Jesus is doing. He's probably like, guys, it's all okay. All right, I'm right here. This is going to pass. Uh, but they're so afraid. Uh, the disciples, even in their fear, do not take comfort uh, when Jesus tells them, hey, I'm here. They're still afraid uh, that, that he is, is with them. And instead of taking comfort, we see Peter ask Jesus, essentially prove it. If you're who you say you are, you prove it. You tell me to come out there. He says, Jesus says, come. That's his exact uh, phrasing to Peter is come. If you're going to test me, I'm going to test you. I'm here. I'm God. I've showed up. I've done everything I am to do in the midst of this storm thus far. And now it's your turn. Step out. Come to me. So Peter has challenged Jesus to prove himself. Have you ever been there today? Have you ever challenged Jesus? Don't lie. You know who you are. You're in the house of God. You can't lie here. Uh, but I'm sure we all have where we do one of those things where it's like, God, if you're up there, you get me out of this. Or Jesus, if, if you can hear me, I really need you now. I need you to take care of this. All right? I need a sign from you. I know we've all done that. Jesus, just give me a sign. Right? We've all said uh, things like that. And although initially when you hear Peter basically saying, prove that you're God or prove that you're Jesus, we're like, uh, that's... Peter, I don't know if I would say that, but how often do we say that in our own way? How often do we say, uh, Jesus, you're going to have to prove yourself to me? Uh, I will say this, though. Whenever you ask Jesus to prove who he is, you better be able to prove who you are. Because as you see with Peter, he calls out to Jesus, hey, you're going to have to show me. Tell me to come to you if you're Jesus. And he's like, okay, <laughs> come on, come out here. You're going to have to prove yourself now. Uh, so when you ask Jesus a difficult question, like, God, if you're up there, do this. When he does it, you better be able to handle the consequences of what you're asking for. But Jesus uh, tells Peter to come. And I can imagine being P Peter, looking over the side of this boat, asking himself, what have I done? I am about to step out of a boat into some really deep, dark water and just hope that I stay on top of it. I mean, can you imagine trying to walk on water? I'm sure as kids, we've all tried. You know what I mean? Like you step off the ladder of the pool and you get like one step. You're like, nope, not going to happen. Uh, I'm sure we've tried it at, at one point or another, but the idea of us walking on water is just insane. I've never tried and probably will never try again unless there's a snake in the boat. Then I am gone. Um, that's not walking, though. That will be running. Um, but we just don't see that happen. We don't do that because we are human. We have natural limitations, correct? Peter knew as a human being that we don't typically just walk on water. 
It doesn't happen. And so he looks out with, with doubt, uh, knowing what he can and can't do. And Jesus has no limitations. Jesus is standing there like, come on. So often we stand here with our limitations on the inside and we tell God, God, I'm not capable of doing that. And Jesus is like, I know, come on. Like I got, I'm here so that you don't have to do it by your own limitations. Come with me, come to me, let me do the work. Jesus knew no limitations. And so his response to Peter was very simple and very direct. Come, come to me. So church, listen to me today. Some of us have gotten in the habit of safeguarding ourselves. We've gotten comfortable in our own limitations and staying within ourselves. But if you want a miracle from God, and if you want to see miracles from God, you need to get ready to have your limitations surpassed and expanded by the grace of God. I see the storm outside these walls just like you do. I understand what's going on in our communities just like you do. But I feel this church will be sensitive and obedient to the word of God, and we will just come to him. If we will just eyes forward, laser focus on Jesus Christ and what he has in store for us, then we will walk on water spiritually today. We don't have to live in doubt. We don't have to live in this world that is so full of sin and disgrace. We can just focus on him and continue moving forward. I believe that there will be revival and blessing like we've never seen if we will just focus on Jesus. When Jesus calls us out of the boat, we need to start walking. We need to keep our eyes on him and just go. He knows what is below you. Jesus knew what was under Peter. Jesus knew what was under him. It didn't matter what was below him because he was in control of of that situation. Jesus didn't command Peter to gear up. He wasn't like, hey, Peter, I'm going to need you to go get the life preserver uh, on the staircase down the hall on the ship and go ahead and put it on. Uh, Get your safety whistle ready and then come out. He didn't say that. He didn't say, hey, Peter, I'm going to need you to uh, sit through this entire Bible series on this book of the Bible and make sure that you are prayed up before I have you step in this water because it may not work out. He doesn't say that. He says, come. Come to me as you are right now in this moment. Just come. Jesus knew that he was doubting, and his response to him was still, come. Let me show you. Let me handle this situation. So here we are. Uh, We are leaving what little safety we have to walk on water. In the middle of this storm, that boat was all Peter had for safety. And he is leaving that safety to try to walk on water to Jesus. We have asked him to prove himself, and he has responded swiftly and definitely with just come. We leave the boat, step out onto the water, and the Bible says that Peter walked. It doesn't say that he stepped off the boat and just kaplunk, and then Jesus saved him. No, the Bible specifically says that Peter walked until he realized what he was doing. So Peter walked. Jesus was in control. He led him out of the boat onto the water. And it wasn't until he realized and limited himself as to what was going on in the situation that he began to sink. It wasn't until he looked around at his surroundings did he say, hey, I can't do this. In fact, if he would have just kept his eyes forward, focused on Jesus Christ, and just kept moving in the same way that Jesus had called him to move, he would have made it without a doubt, without any issue whatsoever. He felt the wind, he looked at the sea, and now he's begun to sink. When you take your eyes off of Jesus, 
when you begin to wonder, when you begin to focus on your uh, personal limitations, uh, when you begin to make your struggle or storm about you, you are going to sink. You are going to sink. Without God, there's no walking on water, folks. You can't do it on your own. Jesus wants to give you the opportunity today to stop fighting the storm and simply walk across the top of things that were once trying to harm you and pull you away from him. They're so close to ruining you, but Jesus stepped in and said, no, 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 no. I'm going to take you across the top of these things. But if you want that, if you want to walk across the problems in your life, if you want to skate past the environment that we are living in, uh, then you must leave the water alone. You see, Peter, if he would, you know, tried to like get down and, and swim, do you think he could have swam through a raging storm in the sea? Probably not. I, I mean, I swim. Swimmers out there? Any good swimmers out there? Um, I mean, I could. I've swam with my boots on before. That's about as dangerous as I've gotten, and that's heavy enough. But you put me in the middle of a, a storm in the middle of the sea. I don't know that I could hold up. I don't know that I could swim. And I'm sure Peter was probably thinking the same thing, but you have to understand that Jesus didn't call him to get into the water. He called him out onto the water, not in, on. You see, Jesus is the God of on the water, not in the water. He doesn't want to put you back in the same situation you came from. He doesn't want to put you into trouble and into harm's way. He wants to pull you out of it and bless you and give you a testimony to speak and teach on from there on out. God had no plan for, for Peter to be harmed. It wasn't until Peter took it into his own hands that he fell. You see today, you have to leave the water alone. I've bailed water out of boats before, but I've never stood in the lake with a bailer and tried to bail out the lake. It doesn't work that way, correct? There's too much water. You are surrounded by it. You don't get that opportunity today. You aren't in the boat anymore. You are in the presence of God. And so very simply, you need to come to him and stay focused on him. I know today that our thoughts instantly go to the obvious when we talk about things that um, make us sink. You know, the, the things that take us away from, from God, the things that harm our relationship with God, the things that make us doubt or, or sin. We think of things like murder or idolatry, um, drug addictions, these, these sort of things are the obvious ones. They're the ones that we always focus on. They're the ones that we say, hey, stay away from this. Don't do this. Don't do that. But there is much more that takes our eye off of Jesus that we maybe don't realize on a daily basis. I said it this morning, and I'll say it again just to be fair. i got to make sure I keep it fair for both services, you know. Um, and this is said with complete love. But if you are someone who, you know, every one of your friends on Facebook knows what political party you're a part of and who you're voting for for president, but they don't know where your God is or where you go to church, you're sinking, my friend. If they know, if they know every cardinal stat and the history of cardinal stats, because you're always posting them, but they have no idea you go to Landmark, you, my friend, are sinking. When they don't know who your God is, they determine who your God is by what you put out there. What you show people determines who you are in their eyes. Uh, if you are in doubt today or in fear of this pandemic, first of all, I want you to be encouraged that God is in control of this storm. And secondly, I want to tell you that you are sinking if you are still afraid of it. 
Not that it's not real. I'm not discrediting it. We're social distance today as we should be. I believe in being smart. But I also believe that God is in control and it's silly to worry about things that are so far out of our control, it's not even funny. Today, we need to do our part by simply focusing on Jesus Christ right in front of us. If you'll just step off the boat and walk across the top of these things, instead of getting caught up in the middle of them, I promise you Jesus will be there to receive you, and Jesus will be there to bless you. And so today, we need to stop worrying about the things on this earth that will pass away. I've got news for you. Regardless of who wins the presidency this year, God will still be God. It doesn't matter if there even is a World Series this year. God will still be God. And so don't allow yourselves to become victim to these things, knowing full well that God is in control of them. Jesus has come. He says, trust me. Have faith in me. Just step out. Church, it's time to demonstrate some faith and step out with no fear to walk to Jesus, to get close and follow him with our whole hearts. I know a God that is the ultimate physician. He is above this pandemic. I know a God who is the ultimate peacekeeper, and he's above this tension. I know a God who's going to rapture his church home, and I want to be there when it happens. And so to do that, I need to make sure that I am focused on him above and before anything else in this world. I'm not telling you not to be socially responsible. I'm not telling you not to live on this earth. You have to. But what I'm telling you is to keep in mind who your God is, who you serve, and who's taking you home at the end of the day. And that is Jesus Christ. With Jesus, there is power, liberty, blessings. And all he asks is for you to come to him. Come to him. Let our music come. John, third chapter, 12 verse. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And he says, If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Basically what he's saying is, if you can't handle what's here and now in front of you, how do you expect to understand what I'm going to show you with heavenly things? You have to be able to to get through this mess before I can show you What comes next? You have to be able to handle yourself in this moment first. And so today, church understanding worldly things is understanding that things are worldly. Everything you see here, everything you see in life, it is of this earth. And it will all pass away. Every bit of it. With that, we need to keep our focus on Him. We need to understand where we are going. And as he told Peter, come to me. We need to come to him today. Meet him where he is and stop worrying about the things that will pass away. In Matthew chapter 14, when Peter began to sink, the Bible says that Jesus caught him by the hand and said, oh, you of little faith. Oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? Was Jesus' response. And that sounds harsh. And coming from Jesus, any kind of correction is like, sorry. (laughs) You know, I really didn't mean to do that. But I have a feeling when Jesus grabbed that hand and pulled him out, it was not a scolding. It was not a thump on the head and then grab the hand. It was a, Peter, why why did you you doubt me? I've, I've been here 
with you. I've, I literally told you what you were doing, exactly what you were supposed to do. Why do you doubt now? And I think if we're not careful, Jesus looks at us at times and asks the same thing. Not necessarily because we've done some big, horrible, nasty mistake that's going to ruin our lives. But in the daily things, when we give our ear and our eyes and our mind and our heart to things that quite simply don't matter. It's not that they're demonic. It's that they're not godly. We need to be mindful of that. If we're not getting closer to God, then are we getting farther? I always want to go to Him. I always want to be within reach of Him. I always want to be close enough to Him that He can reach down when I mess up and He can grab me by the hand. And even though I might need corrected and I might get asked, Christian, where's your faith at? What are you doing? At least I know I've got the hand of a Savior reaching down to pull me out of the same mess that I just came from. Let's be the kind of church that is steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I want to fill my schedule so full of God time, so, so full of ministry, so full of worship and prayer that I don't have time for anything else. Would you stand with me today? At the conclusion of our passage, when Jesus and Peter got in the boat, the Bible says that the storm, the storm ceased. It stopped. It was over. It was gone. Just by Jesus entering the situation, it was over. It was done. Completed. If we can just keep, if we can just keep the main thing, the main thing, if you can just keep Jesus the main thing in everything you do, if you will put him first, if you will follow him first, if you just keep Jesus close to you, the storm stops. Now, I know enough about weather that when it stops here, it's moved on somewhere else, right? There's still going to be a storm. It's still moving on. It's just I've got a barrier around me that protects me from everything that's going on. Have you ever had a moment with God that you were so wrapped up in, in that moment that you lost track of everything going on around you? Have you ever prayed through a, a altar call and, and got up and realized that everybody was at lunch already? Have you ever had one of those moments where, with, with Jesus? That's exactly what I want my life to be like is that although life still goes on, even though there's things going on around me that I don't like, I am so full of Jesus Christ and I'm so close with Jesus Christ that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I want to be a life-saving, Jesus Christ-serving, storm-stopping kind of church and kind of Christian. Simply put today, and I'll conclude with this, and we'll enter a time of prayer. We need to come to Jesus. Jesus is calling us right now to a different area, a different way, a different life than we've ever lived before. These are different times, y'all. It is completely different now than it's ever been. 
Jesus is calling us to something different. He's calling us over the top of some things that he has no desire for us to go through because we are the church, we are his bride. And he wants to bless us. But we need to go to him. We need to align ourselves with him. We need to keep our faith in him even though it seems like an impossible task. While you are limited, God is not. And so even though there's a great lesson from from Peter today, I hope that you are not a Peter. I hope that you do not find yourself drifting away into the sea that God is trying to save you from. I hope that you will just keep your eyes forward, that you will just focus on Jesus to your eternal destination and be saved and loved by him. Amen. All across this place today, I know, you know, with everything going on, we can't necessarily do an altar call. That we are used to. But all across this place, why don't you just lift your hands right where you're at? Why don't you lift your voice right where you're at? Why don't you reconnect with Jesus? Why don't you build some faith in this room right now? Just spend a moment connecting with Him. Jesus, I love you. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.